Have you ever asked yourself, how in the world am I going to get myself out of this? Anybody ever been in a situation where that was the question that popped to mind? Where you were in a situation where it just seemed like there was no hope. It it just seemed like, you know what? I don't know exactly how in the world I am ever going to get out of this. For me, I've asked myself that question way many more times than I like to admit. In fact, the question that I usually ask myself is, how in the world am I going to talk my way out of this? That is an important question. And the thing is today is that there are a lot of people who are in a predicament in their lives. And I'm not going to speculate as to who I know is that person. But there is a fact today. The fact is there are a lot of folks, a lot of us maybe, who are in a situation where we're going to ask ourselves, oh, my goodness, how in the world am I ever going to get out of this? You know, that particular sentiment, that feeling, that emotion, that question that you may ask yourself is very similar to the question that these women asked themselves as they were going to the tomb. You may not think so, but pay attention to what they said. As they're approaching the tomb, they are expecting to find a dead Christ. That's almost an oxymoron because Christ is the Messiah. There's no way the Messiah could ever be put down to dead forever. But you know what? They were thinking that they were going to find a dead Jesus. On that road to the grave, I could imagine that all hope was lost. I could imagine that maybe what they thought they would find is the tomb in place, how it was, a big stone in front of it, and a dead Jesus on the inside of it. And as they're going there, the the very feeling of hopelessness is expressed in the question that they asked. And they said, how and who is going to roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? It is to signify that they still believed that there was a dead Jesus inside of it. But I'm here to tell you today, church, and today, right now, that just like they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, so are we in Jesus found a way of escape from the grip of death. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you're asking yourself, how in the world am I going to get out of this, regardless of how you got into it, we have a hope. Maybe it may not end up the way you would like it to. Some of us end up in predicaments that we got ourselves into. But it is the message of restoration and redemption that no matter where we've been, because of Christ, we know where we're going. Do not be afraid. Do not ask yourself this morning, how in the world am I going to get out of this? I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is the answer. Jesus, that's a good place for you to clap your hands right there. Jesus is the answer. I don't like amens. I like loud, you know, applauses for Jesus. Let me move forward and read to you the very next scripture. It says, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said, why do you look for the living among the dead. Could you imagine what these women felt as they approached the tomb? They just finished asking themselves that question, that inevitable question that many of us ask ourselves, how in the world is that stone ever going to be rolled away from the tomb? But could you imagine as they arrive and they see there is no stone in front of the tomb? There is nothing there. What they thought they were walking into was completely different from the reality of what it really was. Goes to show you sometimes 
Sometimes when we're stuck in the mud, when we're stuck in a rut, when we think things are going bad, when we think things aren't going our way, Jesus could be working something out for you on the other side. Can, you, can I get an amen? Because sometimes we think that the situation is really bad, but on the other side, God is working something out. You see, these women thought that when they got there, they were going to find a dead Jesus. Little did they know that hours before they ever got up that morning and smelled the sunrise, Jesus was already awake from the dead. He was already risen. Don't you ever, ever count God out. He can do more in one day than you can do in a million years if you even had it. That's the God we serve today. So when they got there, they, they, it says that the stone was rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body. And then I love what the angels asked them. Oh, my goodness. This is the famous, most famous question of all time. This very question could change your life. The angels looked at the women and said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Anybody here ever heard of Johnny Lee before? Johnny Lee is an old singer. He says he's got that song, Looking for Love. Anybody ever heard that song? Don't make me sing it because I'll sing it. If anybody knows me, you know I'll sing a song like crazy. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love, so many faces. You know that's funny? The angels asked a very similar question. They said, hey, why? Why are you looking for a risen Savior among a bunch of dead tombs? Why are you here looking for a Messiah that's already on his way to meet the men into Galilee among the dead? So many people today, I'm going to tell you right now, are looking for love and for hope and for redemption in all of the wrong places. We will never find life among the dead. We will never find restoration among the dead. You cannot go to a graveyard and find life. There are so many places that we will go to to find life. We will turn to the ends of the world. Some men will travel all across the oceans to the very, very ends of the earth to find the meaning of life, to find happiness. So many people, men, women, and children will travel, travel everywhere. They will try everything. They will do anything. They will marry anyone. They will smoke anything. They will go anywhere to find life. But I'm telling you what the angels said today. You will not find the living among the dead. And if you want life, it is found in Jesus, the Christ. The question that the angels posed to Mary and her friends that day is a question that is still posed to us today. You have a choice to make this morning if you haven't already. Will you look for the living among the dead or will you turn to Jesus? You see, Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead for nothing. Like I said earlier, without a risen Savior, there is no reason for a future. There is no hope. There is nothing. What he did was for a purpose. What he did was for a reason. In fact, Jesus knew that all the way until the bitter end. If you remember on Good Friday or on the night that he was taken and on the night that our Lord was betrayed, he sat there in the garden of Gethsemane and he, and he looked into heaven and he said, Father, if there's any way that, that this cup can be passed from me, but, but the most important words in history were, not my will but yours be done to the very bitter end. Jesus made sure that he accomplished the mission so that you will have the question today, will you look for the living among the dead? Or will you look for life which is found in Christ? That question came with a price. But the answer is free to you and I. Because it was already paid by the Savior who rose on that day. 
The answer to that question will cost you nothing. You may think that you have to pay a price. No, there's no price to be paid. The price was already paid by Jesus himself. Yes, Jesus said we will take up our cross and follow him. A life of servitude, a life of love, but to receive the gift, you don't have to shell any money out of your pocket. It costs you nothing because he already paid the price. So in the next scripture, this is so important because it says in the third scripture down there, Matthew 28, it says that the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. I'm going to repeat that again. Jesus who was crucified, he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Now I have told you. What what an amazing experience. There are so many times in history where I read the Bible and I think to myself, my goodness, If I could just have been there, there are several times where I've read scripture and I thought to myself, if I could only have been there when Moses parted the Red Sea, if I could only have been there when when Pentecost Sunday took place and the Holy Spirit just just totally just swallowed these men alive, if I could have just been there when Saul was blinded by the light, if I could have just been there. And if there's one time and place in history where I can tell you probably the top three, if I could have just been there when the angel told these women that Jesus had risen from the dead. Because let me tell you why this is so important. Because he gives them something to say to somebody else. He gives them a command. He says to them, now go ahead of you quickly and tell the disciples. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. This message wasn't reserved just for those women. It was to be shared with somebody else, who then was shared with somebody else, who then was shared with somebody else and with somebody else. And that's what we're doing here today, church. We are sharing the message with somebody else. We are telling the others that Jesus is alive. He has risen from the dead. Don't go back to that grave looking for him because he ain't there. He's gone ahead of you. Which signifies that he wants you to follow him. Which signifies that a life for Christ is a life after Christ. Not before him, but behind him, following him. So the disciples went and found out the story, and we know how that goes. But there is a time in everybody's life where where we may feel like the disciples. See, we haven't taken into account that while this experience was taking place, that there were 12 disciples, 11 rather, there were 11 men who were in a room hiding in the dark. Why, why were they hiding in the dark? Why were these men hiding and afraid? Well, it's simple. It's, it's quite simple. All of their hopes, all of their dreams, everything that had led up to that day was crushed when Jesus went and was hung on that cross. To them, hope was gone They were hiding. Men were after them. In fact, in front of Caiaphas, some of the men and women tried to seize Peter. He lied his way out of it. They knew that their lives were in danger. It was a dark moment for the disciples. It was a dark time for them. I'm sure they would have wished that Jesus would have come down from that cross. I'm sure maybe in the back of their minds they were thinking, why 
can he bring life to a dead man? How can he call Lazarus out of a grave? How he, can he restore blind sight to a blind man? How in the world does he take a little girl who's about to die and bring her back to life, but he can't bring himself off of a grave? That was a situation that the disciples found themselves in. In church, I'm telling you, a lot of people find themselves in that same very situation today. You may say to yourself, Romero, Pastor, I, I, I know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I know he's alive, and I've confessed him as Savior. But where is he when I need him most? You may be thinking to yourself, I feel like the disciples. I know that there was a Messiah. I claimed him to be the Messiah. But when I need him most, he's nowhere to be found. I'm telling you here today, church, that this message of Easter doesn't show us that God is dead anymore. It shows us today that he is alive. And when we think that he isn't with us, he's already on his way to take care of us. He's already on his way to meet us in Galilee, if you will, so that we can be restored, so that we can be made new. In fact, the very next scripture that I'd like to share with you is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's on your paper. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, The new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. It is is when we find our life in Christ that he makes all things new. When Jesus went to the grave and when he was put into that tomb, as he was carried away, he took away the sins of mankind, locked them away. He rose new, and those of us who put our faith in him will also rise with him, and we will also be made new again. That is the message of Easter here today. The question you're left with is a significant one. In fact, the question that I'm going to pose to you today is the same question that Jesus posed to Martha in the book of John, chapter 11. It's the last scripture on the back of your paper. It says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? The message of Easter isn't the end of the story. It's just the beginning. When Jesus ascended to heaven, that wasn't the end of their hope. That was the beginning of their destiny. When Jesus rose from the dead, it wasn't the end of a fairy tale. It was the beginning of a new reality for his people. We're just getting started, church. And when we are in Christ, we are made new. So what's your next move? Do you know Christ? Yeah, are you coming? Let me ask you this question here, okay? I'm, I'm going to get, if you know me, if you know that uh, for people who are here and you're part of this church, you know I can get in your face a little bit. But if you're okay with that, say amen. amen. All right, so I've got the approval I need. Um, if you're here for the first time, or maybe you've been here forever, and you come week after week, the question is, do you really know Jesus? I mean, more than just an acknowledgement that he's there. More than just an acknowledgement that he's alive today, but have you really placed your faith in him? Have you, have you really taken that step? Have you really said, I, I, I am going to follow Jesus? 
I'm not just going to be a churchgoer. I'm not just going to be, you know, somebody who just comes every once in a while and, and never really, really understand what this is all about. Today you have an opportunity to really place your faith in the risen Savior. And you know what he can do when you do that? He can make all things new. A genuine confession of faith. One that says, God, I don't know what all this is about. I can't even begin to comprehend what you did for me, but something is speaking to me today, and God, I just, I want to place my faith in you. This is a plea. This is a plea. This is a, this is a question that I pose to you here today as the shepherd of this local congregation. Place your faith in Jesus. Do it. Life won't be easy after that. I'm not promising gold. I'm not promising jewelry. I'm not promising you the world. I'm not telling you that things are going to be better. I'm not telling you that if you, if you come to Jesus that life will be a, a, a chocolate-covered strawberry, even though they look pretty good. I'm not telling you that if you come to Jesus that your kids will act like pretty little cupcakes all of a sudden. I, I'm not promising you that if you come to Jesus, all of life, all of the dry times in life will disappear and you'll always have a juicy watermelon by your side. That's not what Christianity is always about. What Christianity is all about and what our faith in Jesus is, is knowing that one day we will rise again with him. And when that trumpet sounds, we will be with him. And we have a hope not only eternally, but we have a hope here on this earth. How many of you want a hope today?